Yael Osowski with the Consumer Choice Center, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice, uh, joins me here this morning as he does every Friday to round out the broadcast week. ConsumerChoiceCenter.org, their website, if you'd like to find uh, timely articles uh, focused on the United States and other global issues surrounding consumer choice. The Consumer Choice Radio Show airs on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock here on the Big Talker 106.7 FM. Yael, my friend, I hope uh, you are doing well this week. Uh, how are things on your end uh, of the spectrum across the pond? Uh, another week in the books. Yeah, actually turned out pretty good, Joe. I went out and uh, hit some golf balls this morning, so uh, defied the orders and uh, <laughs> caught a couple sun rays. The breeze um, did not do very well, obviously, with uh, hitting golf balls. But, hey, at least I was out there. Nice little course as some kind of, you know, activity. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to be enjoying that as well under the North Carolina sun, too. Well, well, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Wait, are you telling me that uh, there is a mandate where you live right now that prevents you from going outside and hitting a golf ball with a club? Well, if you want to go to the clubs, uh, you are only allowed to meet one other person from another household. And uh, you need to wear masks (laughs) once you enter. Uh, the clubhouse, and then once you're out on the course, it's fine, but you still need to maintain that distance. And this is going on in Vienna. How about, uh, you know, in your native land north of the border where you have another colleague in which you co-host a show with? His name is David Clement. Uh, he's been all sorts of, uh, you know, breaking rules and, and all sorts of mandates up there in Canada. Is the Gestapo coming for him yet? Yeah, the Ontario, uh, where he lives, is very bad. Uh, you had the the premier, Doug Ford, you know, who is typically a conservative guy, and they announced basically the strictest measures ever, basically saying that uh, encouraging people to snitch on others if you see too many people in the backyard, <laughs> if you see people not wearing their masks. And they even put tape, Joe, over basketball rims because we can't have people playing outside because that could spread the virus, they say. <laughs> It's gotten very, very bad up there. Oh, it is so sad to see. And uh, you think you got it bad where you're at uh, here in the mask-mandated uh, capacity-limited state of uh, North Carolina. By the way, portions of our program brought to you by the science, the data, and the experts uh, under King Cooper's reign uh, here in the Old North State. Yael, prior to you jumping on the program, we had uh, you know one of our you know representatives uh, from the Home Builders Association he laid out, and this will tie into the conversation we're about to have surrounding Earth Day. I love planet Earth, by the way. Enjoy breathing its air and uh, swimming in its vast oceans, uh, enjoying some of the wetlands and uh, the beautiful hiking trails that nature provides. I'm a big Earth guy, uh, Yael. There's law that uh, is being proposed in the state of North Carolina by one of our uh, Democrat representatives uh, that would require uh, new home builds to mandate electric vehicle chargers in their garages. Uh, Is this uh, a way in life uh, that uh, you want to live or do you have some problems maybe with this uh, proposal that's been laid out? And I I think with many of these, you know, issues, uh, much like you said with the Sierra Club, you know, everybody loves the idea and it is a very big feel-good measure. Uh, but, you know, this means that we're going all in on electric cars. Uh, that's not at all what governments should, you know, support, and it's not what they should endorse. We need to have broader competition. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are environmentalists who are very much against uh, fossil fuel subsidies, which I totally agree with. We should not have the government subsidizing any kind of oil industry, gas industry, or any industry, uh, if you ask me. But the fact that, that we would then switch that subsidy over to the electrical vehicles, 
is just as problematic. Mm. We need to have technology neutrality. You can't have government choosing the winners and the losers because usually they'll make a bad bet. Usually it's the people who have deep pockets who can influence the government to make sure they, you know, ally with them. And who's to say that electric cars are the future? You know, maybe it's hydrogen cars or maybe it's some kind of solar vehicles or maybe it is compressed natural gas. I mean, there's no way that the government can determine that this is the prime technology we need to use. And these are the kinds of things that create more problems and more costs for individual consumers when, you know, the majority of people are not going to have electric cars, A, and B, electric cars on the whole are not more sustainable. They use rare earth minerals from places like Congo and from China, and we don't have the domestic capacity to build these type of things just yet. And yet, you know, we're going to mandate that as the, this is the technology of the future. I find that very problematic. Uh, it'd just be like if we required every single house to have an iPhone charger. You know, there might be a lot of people with iPhones, but not everybody has one. So why would you require home builders to install that? So I, I think it's um, definitely hearts in the right place. It just doesn't make sense for consumers. It doesn't make sense for home builders. And uh, just means cost going up. Yeah, and, ulti again. and ultimately, you know, as you kind of mentioned, uh, you believe that uh, no industry should be receiving uh, subsidies and other types of uh, breaks uh, from the government, uh, and you swing uh, the pendulum to the other way, uh, and uh, two wrongs don't necessarily make a right. Uh, uh, the common denominator here is it's government, uh, whether it be R's or D's involved, uh, trying to get in the way to create uh, a favorable situation for their buddies and uh, you know make it an uneven playing field for others uh, trying to navigate this market yesterday as i mentioned uh, yael earth day and uh, you know to piggyback off of what we were just talking about uh, you know big fan of planet earth uh, love its air uh, love swimming in the ocean haven't yet took a, taken a dip yet in the atlantic a little too chilly for me uh, you know in the low 60s Nonetheless, you know, a lot of talk these days about climate change. Uh, the Biden administration proposing this two-plus trillion dollar, what he has uh, coined as the American Jobs Plan. Uh, when we look at all of this, uh, why is it that it seems like only Democrats uh, in our country have a monopoly on, uh, you know, being environmentalists, good stewards of the environment, conservationists? I mean, we dedicated our whole show yesterday, Bear, uh, almost uh, to planet Earth and all of the great things uh, that are going on uh, throughout the world uh, to lift uh, up people and help them prosper. And in many cases, it's not the government doing these things. It's innovation and uh, it's technology advancements and it's the private sector providing these types of things uh, for people to enjoy here on earth yeah i mean planet earth is my favorite planet uh, <laughs> definitely ever lived on. Uh, but it's very much true you know just because people pass a bill or introduce a bill that has the name environment in it it does not mean that on the whole this is what is best for the environment and where we see the great declines in per capita you know, carbon emissions, we've seen that in the United States really since the year 2000, uh, it's almost halved. You know, This is because of innovation. It's because companies are getting a lot better, they're getting a lot cleaner, they're understanding a bit more about how they can conserve their energy because it's not in the interest of various companies and firms to just churn out as much power as possible. You know, These things do cost money. And the more efficient that we become, the more innovation that we have, and competitive products also come out, and they make our all of our lives better. You know, that's why I love to see whenever different uh, bus companies in some cities will endorse some other type of fuel. They'll mention they'll use, like I mentioned, compressed natural gas, or they're going to try biodiesel. They'll try this other one, and if it doesn't work out, they can switch it up. 
And I think that's what a lot of companies have been doing. Uh, some companies do have fleets of electric vehicles where it does make sense, all the power to them, but they're not going around trying to get a subsidy. And that's what we are seeing a bit at the federal level with the talk of the Green New Deal. Uh, there's actually a bill that was introduced related to this about public housing uh, in the United Ooh. States, and there's plenty across the state of North Carolina, essentially requiring them to become net carbon zero. Uh, we're going to put white uh, roofs all on them. We're going to make sure they're all insulated a certain way. It's like, well, that's great. You know, maybe we should just do that to reduce cost and make sure they don't, you know, they're not wasting all their air conditioning. You know, there's an argument to be made for making projects and things more efficient. There always has been. But that becomes through innovation and cost and the market. It's not because government mandates. And I think that's what we're not seeing in Washington is just the recognition that much of the innovation that has allowed less carbon and fewer carbon emissions around the world is because we are getting better. We are getting cleaner. We're getting better products. The entrepreneurs are working on it every single day. We talked about plastic pollution a couple of weeks ago. Much the same is happening across everything. So I think we should just have a, a little bit more faith there. It's not because of government mandates that we're going to have you know, the next big innovations. It really is going to come through private entrepreneurs using the market signals in front of them and delivering for consumers. So I believe in that. Well, it seems as if, though, uh, your belief is in direct opposition to what's being told to us uh, on a nearly daily basis, particularly out of those in Washington, D.C., particularly yesterday on Earth Day. Everything you just said, well, the opposite was said by you know, our commander in chief. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the image that's portrayed of our country. You know, there's there's an idea that there's a smokestack industry factory on every corner that's just polluting the environment and the atmosphere. That's just not true. You know, the, the grand majority of companies themselves are just single member LLCs of someone working at home who's starting a side hustle. And then the larger companies, you know, that grow up. Yeah, what do they deal with? They deal in the intelligence economy. They're they have offices and desks, and then you know they have servers. You know, we're not just churning out logging or coal mines. You know, <laughs> left and right. There's all types of information in in the innovation economy, and that's where you see a lot of growth. It's where most of the innovation is coming from. The fact that they paint this old 1900s vision of the United States, that is actually a bit concerning to me. I mean, we have definitely have, have gone astray on historical lessons in our country, uh, but we really need to face the facts as to where are we really getting value these days. And, and it's not with the, the polluters of yesteryear. Uh, the new companies today are doing much better. They're providing value like we've never seen before. So I'm fairly confident, and I do think – that uh, through the market we will have better outcomes. This has been a hot topic, of course, uh, since uh, the Harris-Biden administration uh, was sworn into office uh, with the understanding that they were going to go full bore uh, on these types of proposals. And they've got this uh, legislative idea that is out there at the tune of two-plus trillion dollars on uh, the heels of another $2 trillion package, on the heels of another $2 trillion bill, a couple of COVID reliefs in there, uh, this, that, and the other. Now some infrastructure. Everything, by the way, is infrastructure, just as everything uh, impacts climate change. Uh, that was uh, the audio that we brought you yesterday from the god of climate change in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. One other topic that seems to be you know, continuing to pop up is the security of our country, whether it be security along our southern border, in our homes, uh, or the ways in which you know, law enforcement conducts surveillance throughout the country. We have seen, if you go to a major city now, there are cameras everywhere. Every, nearly every streetlight, there's a camera 
and in some cases it proves to be you know to good use and in others you know maybe uh, you know a violation of privacy rights uh, i think there's some gray area there that uh, we're going to examine here this morning with yayla sowski as uh, u.s senators Rand paul and ron wyden have pushed uh, and have uh, put their back behind uh, a piece of legislation that would ban the use of artificial intelligence uh, facial recognition by law enforcement yael uh, is that uh, uh, the right policy or the right idea as far as you know invading on people's privacy rights so th- that we've given up many of our privacy rights anyway through the uh, you know fingertips uh, of our phone each and every day and our social media platforms but uh, give us a little insight on uh, you know this idea that has been uh, put out there by senators Rand Paul and Ron Wyden I think this is very interesting. I, th- I think it's no surprise that sort of the libertarian right and the paranoid left, uh, they do meet in that middle when it comes to surveillance and when it comes to the, the power of government. And I think this bill, it's called the Fourth Amendment is Not for Sale Act. And essentially it would ban any kind of government or law enforcement agencies from buying location data or other personal information without a warrant. So that means a lot of AI technologies, facial recognition and the like. And I think it's important because much of this is not gathered you know, through a judge, through a warrant, through our normal justice system. I know I'll probably butt heads with a fellow a big talker host, uh, Benson. Uh, <laughs> I, you wouldn't it, be the only one. <laughs> Yes, I know. There's a lot of things that we have to be wary about, and it really does come to what power do we subscribe to government? What power do we allow them to have? And this kind of information, yes, is being used by private companies, but private companies, they offer us products that we must voluntarily and willingly buy. They do not have the power to put one in jail. Uh, They don't have the power to arrest us and make sure that we are deprived of our freedom. And that's, I think, a huge distinction. Uh, I am very much in favor of the innovative artificial intelligence industry as a whole, but only in the voluntary private market that serves consumers. I don't think these you know, great technologies should exist just to spy on the American people. We kind of know what the Snowden leaks provided us. We kind of know what has been happening in many agencies in the government for a long time, and we need to have these levels of protections. So I'm very happy with this bill. Uh, We're trying to support it as best we can up there on the Hill. And I know that we assume that everything is, you know, CSI. Let's zoom in on the guy's face, facial recognition. But I I think it is something good in our justice system that we do have these judicial uh, processes and steps that we must take in order to make sure there's reasonable cause, that judges sign a warrant. Uh, That's how we really eliminate a lot of abuse at the same time that we do empower police officers to really do go after people who are causing us harm and and doing the wrong thing. So there's a delicate balance there, but I think a a bill like this would be pretty important because there there are a lot of issues. And in the European Union, they've actually made their own rule now that you cannot have a kind of social ranking like they have in China. Mm -hmm. I think we should also go to that level. You know, we don't want to have a Chinese Communist Party style system where people have social ranking based upon how obedient they are to the government. <laughs> uh, that's perhaps something that uh, we can talk about here in the next couple of months. I think if there'd be a negative rating, I'd be right up there atop the list of uh, the negative social rating in how I interact and adhere to the uh, requirements asked uh, upon me by government but uh, you know i guess i need to show a little bit more compassion yeah yell uh, there are people out there that are fearful and afraid and uh, i need to just do my part right get my shot right 
yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 funny though, and in, in um, particularly in North Carolina, we're seeing the numbers crep up on the people who are getting vaccinated, and there is this going to be this wall. You know, I remember the last time I was in Wilmington, Joe, I was scrambling to find a place to get tested. And now apparently I can walk into any Walgreens and uh, get the shot. And I think that's a great level of ingenuity and innovation again. But we have kind of hit that wall where we're not going to see as many people getting vaccinated. And you can't blame people necessarily because we've been getting mixed signals from government uh, apparently, according to many of the health regulators, even if you are vaccinated, you don't have the same freedom to go out that we thought we would. So there's definitely a lot of important messages that we need to take there. I still do think it's something that we should do. It's a way and it's a weapon that we can end this. And there's absolutely no excuse for the politicians to continue to lock us down, to deprive us from opening our businesses or to going to just the outside patio to enjoy a beer, Joe. So I would, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, Things are looking a bit better, and uh, by the time I'm in North Carolina, perhaps I'll I'll get my shots while I'm uh, waiting in line. I mean, holy moly, it's just amazing. It seems like uh, we are using every uh, you know uh, tool in the toolkit to, to try and uh, prevent us uh, from uh, getting back to the free way of life, uh, the way I've experienced it uh, across certain states uh, within the country over the past several months. It's just uh, still baffling to me. Uh, of course, King Cooper comes out uh, this week and says June 1st is the target date. Uh, should uh, we hit a vaccination uh, you know, uh, benchmark uh, uh, along with uh, a few other things that have to trend in the right direction? Uh, of course, uh, all conversations uh, by the king brought to you by science, data, and the experts. It's a, a pretty amazing thing that we've seen uh, play out over the last uh, year, and it's uh, – Telling, I think, when it comes to the media coverage of this, uh, just how they've uh, fallen in love with uh, certain elected officials while, you know, uh, pointing a lot of the blame on others. Uh, Yet uh, we've seen completely different results in many instances, depending on which state you live in or you visit. And that's definitely true. I mean, look, the the people in Israel, uh, you know, all these restrictions were lifted once they achieved a certain herd immunity. And now the people are on the beach looking better than ever. Apparently they all have beach bods over there. Maybe it's the military training, but you know, where is that going to be in, in North Carolina? Are we going to be able to achieve that herd immunity? I would really hope so. And the thing I'm more, the thing I'm more worried about is not necessarily not enough people being vaccinated, but also the powers that the governor has taken on, you know, will these ever go away? I know that the state legislator is working on repealings on some of these. And, and in many states, there are lawsuits against governors to make sure they can't have these you know, wide emergency powers. Uh, but we really do need to hold government accountable. We can't necessarily have a unitary executive that is going to decide whether or not Joe Catanacci can enjoy a fish shan- a sandwich in some shop. You know, we have to really figure out a better way to do this in the future and make sure that we don't cede more of our liberties to a state government. You know, there's a reason that local governments exist. There's a reason that we have all these different branches of government to compete against one another in protecting our freedom. I would really hope that North Carolinians will continue to stay vigilant, make sure that we do not cede too much power to the executive, because while some mandates uh, might have made sense in a city like Raleigh or in a city like Charlotte or Asheville, most of the time it doesn't make sense in Wilmington. And you need to have that disparity and you need to have that regionalism. And I think local government matters. Once again, Joe, I I guess a recurring theme on this program and uh, many others on the station. Yael Osowski with the Consumer Choice Center with us every Friday to round out the broadcast. Uh, Yael, it's a pleasure. I look forward to tuning into your broadcast tomorrow just after 10 o'clock a.m. Thank you so much, Joe.
Great to have uh, Yael Lasowski and the Consumer Choice Center as friends of the program. Again, you can tune in to Yael and his uh, co-host, David Clement, uh, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock uh, here on the Big Talker FM for their latest edition of Consumer Choice Radio. 